What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Fun Box Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Webb. Check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud. Also, ttree.com slash the dash fun dash box dash store to get uh, merchandise. Although, I did realize on the merchandise, uh, when you order a black t-shirt, it comes out gray like this. So, this is this is not, it was supposed to be black, so... It's a tri-blend. It does feel good. It's a very good uh, quality. This I'm just busting. I'm just my, my shill, my, my beginning uh, shameless plug-in for the merchandise. And uh, But today, super excited. An old friend. Probably one of my first drummers, if he remembers. He probably doesn't remember. I don't know if he still drums, but his name is... Uh, Chris Sickles, everybody. Oh, that's a that's a good getup you got. I'll, I'll... There we go. Yeah. Fight to survive. What's going on, dude? I'm just gonna do the whole podcast with this on. Because I'm definitely afraid of the COVID. Oh, yeah. Nah, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to make a good entrance. That's uh, awesome. You know. Very, he, he's got it all set up over there. Uh, with the, uh, dude, the flag behind you is killer. I love it. I have one. I've, I have a big cotton, 100% cotton flag in my garage right now that came from the post office in the Vermilion Post Office building. Uh, my old bass player used to work there and, uh, he collected, he was a Vietnam veteran, and he kind of, like, told them, I don't even know if I should say this, but he's retired, so. He told them, I'll just properly take care of these flags, you know, I know what to do with them. And he just collected them. <laughs> Whenever they got a new flag, he just collected them. And then one day we did, like, a photo shoot with just a bunch of American flags everywhere. And I was like, dude, do you, you are you partial to these flags you mind if i have one of these and he's like i don't care take one and i'm like dude this is a legit giant thing is like 10 feet wide i need one it's cotton the only thing it the it holds in like any kind of weird like there's like a stain on it there's a lot of, i'm i i got really drunk four years ago and in the name of liberty i actually peed on it and I washed it since then, and I hate to say that because I, I feel really bad about it. But whenever people complain about people burning flags, I'm like, man, I can't say much. Well, at least I didn't burn it, but right. I fucking peed on it. So don't don't hate me for that, Chris. I mean, you know, I, I don't remember. I don't remember it. Somebody told me that I did it. Right. And so, I, yeah. they said I did it in the name of liberty, and my it was kind of like I, I I don't know an ironic. Free, ironically free a thing to do but anyway i regret it and i feel bad and i i uh i uh hopefully i could get my redemption sooner or later i gotta take that up with drunk you yeah but yeah dude i wanted you on because uh i don't know funny guy but plus to catch up man years has passed since the last time i've really seen you uh, do you remember j- uh, jamming with us me and Joe uh, Messer. Well, okay, that's when you said that. I didn't even remember who you. I didn't even know that I actually knew you until you just said that. And oh, really? So, like, cause you added me on Facebook, and I was kind of like, ah, you know, he's got mutual friends, and I was like, whatever. So I added you. But yeah, I do remember. I played. I didn't realize that you were in that band or whatever. So yeah, that was uh, me. I was in it for like a minute, and then you guys had a show. And I had to like work that night at Pizza Brothers. And, oh yeah, Harbortown Trailer Park. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't like show up to the gig basically. And then I think that was like the end of me and the band. That but was fun though. You, it was, you guys, it, we weren't that. We were overly serious for how <laughs> shitty we were. I love. You guys are kind of like a stained ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, we. It was. We. I loved that band. When it when they came out, I was huge into Aaron Lewis. That dude's that dude's a fucking gun tooting son of a bitch. Now he's he's pretty uh, hardcore into politics now. Right. Yeah, I remember all his songs were sort of. If you listen to the lyrics, they were kind of like uh, preachy and 
you know, talking about various events and whatnot. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just remember you guys kind of had that sound. I guess the thing I didn't like was like, you guys were already established. So like you already had set drum beats. So it's like, I kind of had to play like what another dude played and yeah. like, I kind of played my own way. So it was, it was like a little bit of a, you know, thing to kind of like, I was just kind of parroting what someone else had already done, you know, without putting anything of my own into it. So, right. I, yeah, I do remember we, we played a gig with like Oompa. I don't remember. You remember Oompa? Yeah. And, uh, rest, rest in, in peace. peace. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we like played a gig at like a house and, uh, and I like, for some reason didn't have drumsticks and I borrowed a dude's drumsticks and, uh, but they, but my buddies were like impressed because they thought I sucked. And then I, when I played with you guys, they're like, "Oh, okay, you actually can play," you know. And uh, yeah. so it was a good but, time. Those yeah. were the days, man. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't until you said that. I didn't know the connection of like how I that we actually knew each other. So yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, I remember you told me a story, and I still to this day it cracks me up. I don't know if it was you or a friend you knew got fired from mcdonald's for telling a customer to go make fuck themselves and i just thought that was the fun it's just i i always i want to just work at mcdonald's so i could do that get fired within one day just to just to tell a customer to make fuck themselves right i don't remember that but i mean it's <laughs> it, like it sounds vaguely familiar oh, I, I probably have worse fast food stories than than that you yeah. know but my, my buddy clay, my buddy clay worked at burger king and here on and he said that the night crew would spit on burgers like it was a topping. Oh, so, my God, dude. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, don't fuck with people that handle your food. Right. Bottom I, line. I, did, I did some questionable things to a couple of people's food. Um, I won't get into it. Right. But, yeah, you know, when we were younger, you know, you do crazy shit. And uh, so, I don't know. But, right. That's crazy. Um, I'm going to. Can you turn your mic up a little bit? Is it possible? I can try here. Yeah, I definitely can. Just got to go to the audio. Advanced properties. How's that sound? Good. Better? Oh, yeah. I turned it up even a little more. Cool. As long so, as it's hitting. I have like a meter. I can see my meter, and you're like barely hitting the yellow, and I'm like riding the yellow. Right. I'm like riding um, the yellow. I mean, I can turn all the way up. Um, that that sounds better. That's good. Okay. You don't have to cram up on the mic or anything either. So that that's okay. fine. Cool. Right. Cool. This is it, man. This is a. It's my first time for everybody watching, man. It's like pain in the ass getting the Zoom thing going, man. With this little yeah. little slight little little technicalities that you have to remember for everything that you do. It's like. And then setting up scenes, boom, 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 boom. Everything, every scene has to have, I got to apply an output source, an input source. Uh, but it's fun when you have it all, when you have it all like ready to go, it's pretty cool. But yeah. Um, my mom's vibrator was complicated, but you know. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta charge it. You gotta clean it. I don't know. I'm sure they have chargeable. Uh, things now i i did see future does these uh uh invention or like these product uh reviews and he talks with the people that created these products and there's this one porn star spokesperson for this product that uh it's a virtual like sex machine thing the woman or the whatever if you like phallic objects whatever you get a phallic object and then the other person gets a like a fake vagina thing and they're all and they're synced up and you could have like virtual sex with this person from across the planet and whatever they do to the phallic the virtual vagina will react to what they do to the phallic object wow it's interesting i was like that's pretty fucking cool i, I, mean, I, know, I know they have something that it's like a vibrator that you can control remotely so say like you have your girlfriend or whoever insert it and then go like to work yeah and then you get at home and kind of buzz it or something yeah they, yeah they, dude technology is crazy i'm sure they have things we haven't even thought of yet right like elon musk can just send things into outer space like nothing now right he, he's not he's like a private 
private business. I don't know how that works either. I don't know how they get all their money for that. Uh, he's like a crazy evil billionaire. Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna seeing- something. I don't know what's gonna happen, but he's gonna hopefully he stays uh I don't know. Like morally sound. Right. Yeah, I don't know where his true, you know, loyalties lie or whatever, if he's part of the Illuminati cabal or whatever, but you know. Yeah. I don't know. But he seemed like a pretty cool I mean he seems like a robot alien, but you know, other than that he seemed like a pretty nice guy. Yeah. Smoked the joint on Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Uh, and then his stock went down for that or something. But then I guess it went right back up apparently. Yeah. I, I guess the only thing bad stuff about him right now is he's like he was messing around with like Johnny Depp's girlfriend or something and then she was like a psycho and like chopped Johnny Depp's finger off or something and I don't know. Like a recording of him and her on like a elevator together and i don't know i watch too much internet <laughs> johnny depp is another one that's just whimsically spends money right yeah he, he has a certain amount of houses he did the uh the uh hunter s thompson memorial thing because i don't know how narcissistic that dude was but apparently he had this whole thing already planned out for when he dies to shoot his ashes up in the air with like this weird fist thing i don't know the so gonzo wants, fist he wants to fist the sky before. yeah something like that but yeah i wanted you on i wanted to talk about this this is kind of your 15 minutes of fame probably even more than that i think i actually heard about it i think joe messer had told me about it and um i i guess get this is a you're gonna have to kind of like go back way back into your mind to probably remember a lot of this stuff but can you give me and everybody else kind of like a little briefing of uh the situation that happened with you and uh the media in uh like a militia type of situation that you uh experienced all right. Well, I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, I don't know. I became interested in militias and stuff, and it looked cool and, you know, something to do. And uh, so I lived in Washington State, and uh, I got a hold of the Washington State militia, or at least a group of guys in Washington State. And uh, and I did, like, a training with them and, like, hung out with them a few times. And they were cool. They were kind of crazy. I remember them telling me some crazy stuff about the government and that they like torture kids and uh, and which the kids secrete adrenal adrenochrome and then they like ingest that um, to like get longer life and all stuff like that. So I remember like thinking, oh, that sounds kind of crazy. And well, anyways, so I moved from Washington State back to Ohio. Cause I really wanted to be like cool with the Michigan militia. Well, I'm from Ohio. I had moved to Seattle for a year, came back. And so the Michigan militia had like really cool pictures on their website, like group photos. And, you know, they seem like the most hardcore one. And I guess they're sort of infamous for like being associated with Timothy McVeigh or whatever, but I guess technically he wasn't in the group or something, but he did like show up to a few things um, right. out of their control. So I linked up with those guys when I moved back to Ohio and uh, I started training with them and uh, went to several different ones and did some photo ops with them. And, but mainly like they would just shoot at targets at their range and then eat bratwurst. And, you know, it was was a bunch of fat guys. And uh, so I had met another guy at the Michigan militia and his name was Josh Pleff. And he was part of this other group who was called the Hutari, and they were actually a Christian militia, which I wasn't really Christian at the time. And but he said that they do more training and they're more like hardcore. So I was like, okay, you know. And they were closer, like they were still in Michigan, but they were like, you know, an hour closer or something. So I started training with them, and uh, I was making YouTube videos, you know, and I would have a mask on and then a voice changer. And I was basically telling people to like buy guns and, you know, just prepare if, uh, you know, the government ever tried anything weird. And I had this idea to do um, 
a million man armed march on Washington. So I like made this video and I was like, oh, we should have this armed march on Washington and, you know, but, you know, no violence and no, you know, don't do anything stupid and blah, blah, blah. And well, then next thing you know, like the media does this blitz on right wing militias and, you know, homegrown terrorists. And they're trying to like scare everyone and sort of, you know, uh, put this fear that, you know, your neighbor could be like part of, you know, some crazy militia and they want to kill everybody and overthrow the government and whatnot. So I think that's what got me on the radar. But at the same time, the FBI had infiltrated the Hutari group that I had joined. And uh, they had put a guy in the group that was um, basically an informant. They like paid him. He was just a regular dude. And uh, and then he ended up, and then, they, and then he ended up bringing in another guy who was an FBI agent apparently. Well, anyway, so they, so they do this big media blitz and they're like showing my videos. And then they're showing like the Hutari videos um in these news clips on national news you yeah. know on their training videos and blah 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 and like i could kind of see like something was coming i'm like okay this is not cool you know i don't know, i could i could just see the writing on the wall so i started kind of getting nervous but i was like i don't i don't really do anything wrong and you know um we're not doing anything wrong so but so then i ended up as a result going on the alex jones show um just via telephone and he did like a four-part interview because back back then you could only upload 10-minute videos on youtube so it was like a it was a four-part set of videos and uh he kind of predicted what happened to us he was going on about uh you know um that the government would like try to push us into like doing something bad and uh you know that they were going to swoop down I, I can't remember exactly how he put it but he was kind of like foretelling what was about to happen and uh but at the same time he was sort of like painting me in a light that like i was working with the government or whatever and that uh that my videos that i was making looked like textbook you know government op like isis or you know some kind right. of video like that but honestly it was just me and my buddy and he had a green screen yeah and- that's a conspiracy he's a He's really into conspiracies. Right. So, yeah, he was trying to paint this picture, like, you know, that I was, like, working with the government, which couldn't be further from the truth or whatever. I just kind of knew, like, I had made videos and stuff my whole life. So, you know, I had some skills with that. And so maybe it kind of looked like what he was talking about, but it was sort of unintentional. Well, I mean, in a way it was intentional, but not in the way that he was portraying it. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted it to look cool, but at the same time it wasn't at the behest of anyone else and you know but looking back i kind of regret making these videos because it kind of made me look stupid and just kind of put me on the radar with like the fbi and stuff and (laughs) so like one time i remember uh they didn't the trash people didn't take my trash but they took all the neighbors trash around me and then we had like left for a few hours then i come back and my trash is gone and i'm like well that's kind of weird you know and uh but you know coming to find out they actually like had taken my trash i had recently bought a gun and they like got in my trash and they found the receipt and stuff which you know whatever um wow and then uh there was a guy that i knew from here on i won't give his full name but his name was uh tom or whatever and uh he was an fbi agent and like i went to school with his son and like i knew him since i was a kid and whatever and my brother come over one day and he's like uh i just saw tom such and such driving by your trailer or whatever and, and you know what the fuck you know i was kind of like yeah oh, that is kind of weird so like i kind of like saw things coming and uh i don't know if i'm like explaining this too slowly but uh okay you're fine so anyways so i like did the alex jones show the media did this big blitz with us and uh well not even like a year later um you know i'm sitting there with my kids one day and all of a sudden i hear like a megaphone and you know i couldn't really hear what they were saying but i just, i heard something that wasn't right and i'm like well what the hell is that you know so i i'm thinking okay it's the tv so i like, come in the living room where my sons are and uh i'm like okay that's not the tv and then i look out my front window and there's like an armored apc and like a swat team and i'm like oh fuck. wow i'm like here it is and i was surprisingly calm though i was like okay well 
I guess this is it, you know? And so they're like, you know, come out with your hands up and blah, blah, blah. Like they didn't even kick in my door, you know, normally they just come drag you out of your house or whatever. And, uh, right. So I come out with my hands up and, um, you know, and then my like son pops up in the window and he's like a little kid and he's like in his underwear jumping on the bed. And they like, one of the guys aims his gun at him and I'm like, Oh, that's great. You know, pointing the gun at like a four year old or five, however old he was. And, uh, you know, and, wow. and they're like, they're like, where are the bombs? And I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, where are the fucking bombs? He's like, I don't want any of my men to die. And I'm like, I don't have any bombs. I'm like, I never claimed to have bombs and you know, whatever. And, uh, so they're like, well, we're going to go. They're like, we're going to go through your house and blah. I'm like, well, yeah, whatever, but you're not going to find any bombs, you know? And, uh, so, and then one of the guys made a comment cause I was like a, like a kind of like a bodybuilder at the time. And the little like handlebar mustache FBI agent that was like in charge of rounding me up was like, he made a comment like, Oh damn, I thought I was big or whatever. And I was like, or oh, whatever. So <laughs> they round me up and, uh, take me to like, the Erie County Sheriff's Department for a second. And then, uh, and then we hopped on the highway and they took me to Michigan and then I was in an FBI building and, uh, they were interviewing me basically. And then that Tom guy was there and, uh, he says, uh, I said, I said, man, my life's over now, you know? And he's like, well, no, he's like, you know, not just for one mistake or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but you know, this is like some serious stuff or whatever. And, um, I said, I said, but this is a thought crime. I'm like, I didn't even do anything or like threaten anyone. And he's like, well, we like to, uh, arrest people now before they do something. And I'm like, well, that's called a thought crime or whatever. You know, I'm like, that's, that's against the rules or whatever. And then, and then the other FBI agent asked about my tattoo on my arm. And he's like, what's that say? And I, I said, uh, I said, I said, Google it. <laughs> it says Illuminati. It's an amber. Yeah. But anyway, he's, I'm like, Google it. And he's like, do you believe it exists? And I'm like, well, I'm here, ain't I? And he's kind of like, oh, whatever. And so then he explained like some of the charges and stuff. And I'm just, you know. So then I ended up in Detroit jail. This is a regular downtown Detroit jail, which was chaos. And people were literally jumping off the walls. One guy snuck a joint in his ass. And uh, <laughs> I had to sleep on the floor. And like, the shower was something out of a horror movie and oh, uh, it was like ants crawling by my head. And uh, so <laughs> I, I'm kind of going too slow with the story, but so anyways, um, I ended up on, we ended up getting out on bond. Some of us, so I was in jail for like two months and you know, the judge actually had made a thing to release all of us on bond because none of us really had prior records and, Technically, you have to be a flight risk in order for them to, like, not let you out on bond. And uh, so they couldn't really prove we were flight, flight risks. But, of course, when the judge put in that order, the prosecution, uh, you know, um, what's the word? They appealed it or whatever. So yeah. we all had to stay in there. And uh, and then during all this, I started, like, kind of thinking, like, oh, man, I started kind of believing in God. And I was like, oh, man, you know, like. Like, this is God punishing me for just kind of being like a shitty dude. Like, like I didn't do the stuff that they said, but I felt like I wasn't living my life right. And, uh, you know, I could have been doing better. And I was like cheating on my wife a lot and just kind of being a piece of shit, you know. And uh, so I felt like, oh, this is God, like teaching me a lesson. And then I started praying to him. And, you know, uh, they uh, I prayed like that I could get out on my son's by my son's birthday, which was May 19th. And, uh, and then as it turned out, I got out that very day and I was supposed to get out before that. And then they like blocked it. And I remember when that happened, I like broke down. I was like in this jail cell, just like crying. And I just felt like, you know, like I'm never getting out and, you know, this is like the end of my life. And wow. I was just praying for death every day. And like, you know, thinking about killing myself, like I was in like a different jail and like, there was like a balcony. I was remember like thinking about jumping off of it on my head or something. And, you know, I don't know, I was going through a lot of shit, you know, and, and my lawyer was basically telling me like, yeah, yeah, you're fucked, you know, and jeez, yeah, he was actually like the worst lawyer ever. Um, <laughs> so Damn. was it like court appointed, a court appointed? Yeah, 
we all had public pretenders and uh so um so anyways so i get out of jail and i'm on an ankle monitor for like two years and uh you know um just kind of living my life and just trying to enjoy my time with my family and just not really knowing what's going on and you know i had to go to court whenever they said and then i was supposed to meet with like a kind of like a parole officer but i wasn't on parole but i had to drive to toledo every week and like meet with this dude and do a drug test and you know uh right go through that whole thing and then uh so so then we finally go to trial after two years and uh so i had to drive to detroit every day from sandusky ohio and uh so that was like a two-hour drive i saw a ufo on one of the drives unrelated <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i know that sounds crazy but yeah it was random and uh so 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 you know like in a court case the prosecution goes first you know and then you're able to give your defense but their prosecution's case was so absurd like as they're like like they took three months to lay out their case and uh and literally like there was dozens of times where like the jury was laughing the judge was like everyone's laughing because it's like it's just conversations of us just like sitting around bullshit you know what i mean but but these are supposed to be like these crazy conversations of us overthrowing the government but really it was just you know a bunch of dudes just sitting around talking shit and literally like I would go train with these dudes like once or twice a year at the most. So like once or twice a year, like me and my crazy buddy who's actually schizophrenic. Um, but he was like undiagnosed, but you know, we all kind of knew he was crazy. Well, anyways, me and him would travel down there and basically we would just shoot at the range and then we would do like a patrol in the woods and then we would sit around eating hot dogs and everyone would talk shit. And, uh, you know, I had made a comment one time that, uh, I always thought it'd be funny to set off fireworks in front of the Huron police station. Cause that's where I'm from. Yeah. And, you know, we always got in trouble and like the cops hated us and, 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 you know, so I made like that comment. And, um, so when they arrested us all, you know, they put in the news that Chris Sickles expressed his desire to, I, or to de- detonate an IED in front of the Huron police station. And I'm like, Jeez. what the fuck? Like, like, first of all, it wasn't even something I was ever really going to do. It was like, I always thought that would be funny. It wasn't like, January 5th, I'm going to go set off fire. You know, it was, right. you know, like misrepresented completely what I said and just by changing the wording. So like, you know, my friends and family, like I think my people that knew me like knew this shit was bullshit, but at the right. same time, they were kind of like, what were you involved in? Like they kind of thought, like, well, my, the other dudes are probably crazy and that they knew I was cool, but like, you know, but I made a mistake associating with these dudes and, wow. uh, it's funny. Madonna can uh, go talk to a group of people and say that she's thought about blowing up the White House and everything's fine. Right. Yeah. Um, Back in 2016 when Trump got elected. Right. Right. Yeah. They took it out of context. And then not only that, like changed the actual wording of like what I said to make it sound more like sinister. And, uh, you know, of course. yeah. And also like you're you're guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> right. And. uh so yeah, they just posted all this bad stuff and then, you know, but then they don't retract it later. Like, Oh, our bad, you know, like <laughs> that wasn't actually true. And, uh, so, so this, so this court case unfolds and like, literally they like brought out every fucking bullet and like every stupid thing we had, like I had a ghillie suit that I got from Myers and apparently like when you have a ghillie suit and you put it on, you're like an elite sniper, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, oh, oh, the best was I had, if you bought, I don't remember if it was like Modern Warfare one or two, but the Call of Duty game, if you bought the hundred dollar version, it came with like these plastic night vision that looked kind of cool. Yeah, I had these like Call of Duty Infinity Ward night vision goggles, which they took when they raided my house, and uh, <laughs> and then they actually had the audacity to like bring this out in court and like use it against me. Like, look, he had this like high tech night vision and his coll- your collapsible lightsaber, right? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah so so i'm like whispering to my lord i'm like it's from a fucking video game and i like i'm like look it up on your phone or whatever so he like gets on there and like i'm like that's what i had you know and um and it's like you know you could just buy it separate you know on ebay or something for like 50 bucks you know so it's like a toy it's like you, you, yeah. you, you fucking toys are us so 
So my lawyer's like cross-examining this FBI agent and he's like, so you were in the military, correct? And the agent goes, yes. And he goes, was your night vision as, as sophisticated as this? And he like holds it up. And the guy's like, no, ours wasn't that sophisticated or whatever. What? And my lawyer's like, it's a toy. He's like, it's made of plastic. And he like hits it on the, the, like the bench area where the guy was sitting and just like, but it just, it just made the government look so like retarded and like yeah. dis, disingenuous, you know? Oh yeah. It, it, I kind of got a dose of that when the, when they do these briefings or these, uh, they drill these, uh, big corporate people, uh, like Zuckerberg, when they're asking him questions, they asked him questions that like you work for the government of the United States of America and you don't know the answer to this. Are you honestly asking this question? Are you honestly, honestly asking Zuckerberg how he makes his money? Right. He's like, Oh yeah. Through, uh, you know, uh, advertisements <laughs> right how do how do they it, it's just wild uh, yeah the more i the older i got the more i've like kind of like obviously you dive into something the road constantly forks into a different scenario and you're like damn so you know never really know what's going on unless you know people personally and i don't think people that are in the white house now i'm convinced they don't even know what's really going on obviously I mean, probably some do, obviously, but I think that's the name of the game as far as, like, you know, controlling the mass populace, populace, and, you know, I, I think I think they put out some of that, some YouTube videos and crazy shit, you know, about, like, shape-shifting reptilians, and, I mean, <laughs> like, the rabbit hole is really deep, and, you know, you can start watching just something random, and the next thing you know, you're watching a video about Eminem as a clone, and, yeah. you know, Beyonce, I mean, Beyonce is a lizard. She's shape shifted in front of everybody at one point. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, and, and, and even crazier, you know, I mean, it just gets deeper and deeper to the point that it's absurd, but I feel like they want, I mean, and I guess I'm, I, and, and now I sound crazy, like the tinfoil, like the cabal, that's what they want, you know, but uh, I mean, that seems to be very true. You know, I mean, I, I think if you look into like the Illuminati or the elite, like, they're definitely up to no good. Like, I think anyone with half a brain can see that, you know, and uh, it's just kind of like, but, but at the same time, like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? You know, I mean, yeah. so that's why I trained in militias because I felt like I at least want to be able to protect my family if like World War Three happens or whatever, but I wasn't like trying to go out and start shit and like bring it on, you know what I mean? So. Um, right. How long did you stay in, uh, in jail for? I was in jail for two months. Oh, and then, two months. Okay. And I got out on my son's birthday, like I had prayed for. I got out the very day of his birthday. A quick funny story: when we were getting out that day, um, my lawyer's like, "Look, there's gonna be media out there." He's like, "He's like, just don't say anything." He's like, "Just walk to your car, get in your car, don't fucking say anything." And I'm like, "All right." And then I made a joke, like, "I'm like, well, what if I just tell him that we're going to Disney World?" <laughs> you know. But like, like if you ever watch the old Super Bowl videos, they're like, "Yeah, I'm going to Disneyland or Disneyland or whoever." Like, I'm going to Disney World. So like, my wife at the time was also there. You know when I said that, and so we're coming out, and my like, my pants are falling down. I got no belt. I'm like holding my jeans up. I'm carrying my son, and there's all these media people, and they're like, "You know, what do you have to say?" Blah, blah, blah. And my wife goes, "We're going to Disney World," <laughs> <laughs> and then it was actually, it was actually like a news article the next day. You know, Hutari members going to Disney World. And, of course, my <laughs> my lawyer, like, shit his pants. He's like, I told you not to say anything. If anything, it just kind of made it more funny and, like, probably just made us look more like regular people, you know. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, so it was just, it was a big circus. So, so anyways, I guess I was going on about the court stuff, and uh, I'll just kind of wrap that up. But uh, basically, like, this goes on, and, like, and, like, the more that they, like, lay out their case, like, the more retarded it sounds. And, like, they actually, like, pass this off to, like, several different prosecutors. So, like, the initial prosecutors that, like, greenlit this thing, I think they realize, like, okay, this is, like, we don't really have a case. So, they hand it off to, like, another group of prosecutors. And they're, like, fuck, like, this case sucks. And then they, like, finally it ended up to, like, the top prosecutor. They, like, gave it to him and kind of gave him some kind of incentive to, like, take it. And, um. So there was like 
two prosecutors again and uh so they're like laying all this stuff out and uh you know everything's sort of falling apart as it goes and uh like um a week before we were acquitted or so this guy gets a hold of me from youtube i don't remember how he got a hold of me but his name was like his page was like hammering truth and you know he would make these videos about the government and whatever and he gets a hold of me and he says uh yeah the guy who was the fbi agent in your case was like i don't know how he got this information but he was like this guy was a uh handler for this radio host called hal turner and hal turner was sort of like a right wing almost i don't know if he was like racist but he was definitely like people looked at him like that and uh i guess he was like working with this fbi agent who was part of arresting us who infiltrated our group and the fbi was like telling him stuff to do and so he was doing it and then they ended up arresting him for the stuff that they were like actually telling him to do and um i guess he had made a comment on the radio about like telling people to like blow up a judge's house or something like that and i could be wrong but it was something having to do with the judge and like killing a judge or something like that right so like arresting him and then that agent whose name was Stephen Hogg, um, actually uh, was the one one of the guys who infiltrated our group. And he, had, I guess, he had gotten in trouble for tampering with evidence in that case. And so, therefore, his credibility was in question. And when they give our lawyers the discovery information um, relating to everything in the case, they were supposed to provide that information to our lawyers because it was relevant that his credibility was in question and it was like sort of public record that he had like tampered with evidence in a different case. And so, so I like tried getting a hold of our lawyers that night and then we had like court coming up. So like the next morning at court, I was like, Hey, I need to talk to you guys, you know, the lawyers. And they're like, kind of like rolling their eyes like, Oh, whatever. You know, you know, they didn't really give a shit about me or whatever. And, so like we all go in this office and I kind of like lay out what I found out and they're like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. This is like, you know, good information. And like we could get a mistrial for this and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so of course they go into court and they're like, you know, and they're like, you know, we, we should have been given this information. So this is like, you know, um, a breach of whatever, you know, they were supposed to be doing the government. And, and then of course the judge agreed. And then the prosecution's defense was that, you know, well, we didn't really think it was relevant because it was a different case and blah, blah, blah. And, um, but the case was already falling apart. And it was like almost that we're, the prosecution was like, had one more week that they were like laying out their case. They've been laying it out for three months now. And so finally it comes down to like the last day. And I think they interviewed the FBI agent that like arrested me. They got the cool handlebar mustache. and. Uh, and the dude basically said, yeah, um, there was no target. There was no, like, real plan, like the government had said. They said we were going to, like, kill a cop and then go, like, when the cop had the funeral, that we were going to, like, blow up the funeral procession and kill a bunch of other cops, you know. And um, But some of this stuff was, like, talked about by, like, the leader of the group was crazy or whatever. And he talked a bunch of shit, but, like, I never really took him seriously, you know. Like, he talked about one time they were in the woods patrolling and they saw a Bigfoot and stuff. And, you know, literally, I went there, like, once or twice a year. And, like, I didn't, like, live this every minute of my life. So, I kind of, like, I didn't take the dude seriously. And, you know, he would just talk shit. But it was never, like, this is definitely going to happen. And, and I never was, like, yeah, I'm going to do that. You know, I never, like, agreed to anything. Yeah. And so, like, I sort of got lumped into it. And there was a few times during the trial where the lawyers were, like, why are you here? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, I'm like, well, probably them videos I did, you know, they, they found a way to kind of like put all their eggs in one basket, you know what I mean? Because they didn't like my videos about telling people to buy guns and whatever. So I was like, on the very like edge of this whole thing, me and my buddy and my buddy, they ended up dropping him from the case completely because he was found mentally incompetent to stand trial because he basically had schizophrenia. He had like imaginary girlfriends and all kinds of crazy shit, which, you know, it's not his fault, but, you know, he was my friend for years. And also I'd explained to the government that I actually wanted to stop going to these militia trainings because I was kind of like bored of it. And then like the dude was talking crazy and I just kind of like wasn't feeling it. And, but I kept going because like 
it was the only thing that my buddy did to like get him out of the house and you know like he literally he literally sits in his mom's garage and smokes weed all day did you want to say something no no i'm just uh okay i thought you uh, you were injecting no but it's just a wild story big chapter in your life it's surprised you can uh recap all that sorry i had to make you go dive back into the darkness of the past yeah i mean it goes deeper but so so yeah oh yeah i was finishing it up with the the fbi agent said you know yeah there really was no target and then like the government agreed like the prosecutor was like okay well there was no target there was no date there was no whatever and he said but there was a broader conspiracy and the judge is kind of like rolling her eyes like you know like like you've been like she actually made a comment like you've been drawing this case out for three months and now you're telling me that there was no target and there was no whatever you know and she's like kind of pissed you know and then she's like so so she ends up throwing the case out completely like and i don't remember if it's with prejudice or without prejudice but she threw it out in the way that the government couldn't appeal it and then like retry us um so it, it was as if the jury itself had acquitted us and mind you we haven't even given our side of the case yet so the government lays out its whole case and then the last day they like shoot themselves in the foot and say okay well yeah there was no like real threat or like whatever but you know damn but but basically they were up to no good so they you know whatever and so so then the judge acquits us and uh and i watched like news clips of you know um the, them talking to the jury the news talking to the jury and they're just kind of like yeah you know i just kind of heard a lot of talk and whatever and i didn't really hear anything you know like there's some like straw man argument right yeah it was like how can you prove that's you know like like it i mean it's one thing if like okay say a guy wants to kill his wife and he like pays a hitman 10 grand or whatever like now you've like made an act in like furtherance of like doing what you were supposed to do and or what you wanted to do so like in that case like he did like the guy didn't actually kill his wife but you know he like paid the dude to do it and then the dude was like an fbi agent you know i'm just using that as an example but like we didn't actually like do anything and the only one that was actually making bombs which i wasn't even unaware of that you know i was literally there like once a year so i don't know all the stuff that was like going on with the leader of our group and like this fbi agent and also i had smelled these guys out i remember telling the leader of the group and this other guy, the guy that got me in the group, that Josh Clef, and I said, I said, that dude's a cop and that dude's a cop. And he's like, no, no, we checked them out, you know, and they're legit. And and I was just kind of like, I wasn't that worried because I was like, well, I haven't really done anything. So, you know, but because the one guy, um, every time the leader was like talking about this or that, he was like, well, what do you mean by that? And what do you, what, what, what are you going to do with that? And then he was always like, sort of like goading him on to like say more and i was like observing this like kind of like huh that's kind of weird you know and and then and then the actual fbi agent um that steve hall guy that was the handler for Hal turner was he was like a short haul trucker from 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 jersey from new jersey and he was always smoking a cigar and he had like cool glasses on he was just like too cool for school and i just felt like i'm like man that dude's a fucking cop you know and uh and i remember like telling one of the fbi agents i'm like i knew who you guys you know people were and they're like well how did you know and i was like i just fucking i could smell it a mile away and uh so i'm just trying to like touch on all the like kind of right high points and weird things that happened um so so yeah they dismissed the case and you know the government had basically like lied about stuff and withheld evidence and they like trumped this whole big case up and uh and we ended up beating them and uh and the feds have like a 98 some percent conviction rate so we're literally like you know one of the rare people that actually like fought the government and won and uh you know i mean damn right Um, but yeah, I wanted to, uh, basically it all stems from these YouTube videos you made. Uh, Pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, wow, man. 
they also had videos like these cool training like their videos are still up they're actually pretty cool videos um they look like fucking elite commandos or some shit but uh they like burn a un flag in one of them and i don't know if you can play them on here but you could look one of them up on youtube and play it um if you feel like it um yeah just look up it's hutari h-u-t-a-r-e-e and uh H H U T I R Oh A R A R E E E E Yeah Hutari Just just the Hutari Yeah H U T A R E E When you pull it up I can kinda of tell you like scroll down Um I'm trying to like see one of their actual okay so that one that's an actual training video right there yeah I think that's the one where they burn the UN flag so and they have some Sisters of Mercy playing or something in this one. I so can't... This is, uh, somebody you know? Yeah, these are like the dudes. Although, I can't always tell who, who is who because they have masks on. Yeah. But this is actually before I joined the group. So, like, but seeing these videos, I'm like, oh, these dudes are the shit, you know? And <laughs> so in this video, they're, like, basically killing UN soldiers or whatever. I mean, not in real life, but, like... The dude or something. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's like some blue helmets or something at some point. Um, I yeah, see, there's like the UN guys. So yeah, these are like Utari propaganda videos, and they like go and they burn this flag. And, uh, I remember the FBI agent asking me like, "Who would you think when they did that?" I was like, oh, "I thought it was pretty cool." I don't know. The UN isn't like the United States government, you know? It's the UN. It's it's the long arm of the United States military-industrial complex. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of their propaganda videos. And uh, that got them on the radar. And I guess the Michigan militia had actually, like, talked shit on us and also told the FBI, like, yeah, you need to watch these guys. So, like, people that were in the movement also were sort of, uh, you know, bidding against us because they didn't like these guys or right. or how they trained. Um, well, I, wanna, I wanted to play that uh, Alex Jones uh, segment that uh, <laughs> kind of, like, gave you a little bit of a i don't know a, what did a lot of this happen after the alex jones interview or before yeah, this was this this was the alex jones interview was like during the media blitz that they were like demonizing militias but like before we were arrested i think it was like the year before and uh so i had got a hold of Infowars, you know through their website and i like sent them a message and i'm like hey i'm pale horse that was my name on YouTube. I was, I was Pale Horse, and I always wore a mask, and I put like an effect on my voice. Or so, so the name voice. on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. Right. Yeah, that was my militia name because each guy kind of like had a cool, you know, militia name or whatever, and uh, so that was mine. And uh, I don't know. I had a call name for uh, for uh, CB Radio when me and Joe Messer used to always play around with CBs. CB radios. My call name was Copy Can. Nice. Yeah. The, the, I actually one year I like since all this happened, I, I took the, the 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 dumb kid's head from The Simpsons, you know, that always says dumb stuff like tastes like burning. Well, I put his <laughs> I put his head on like the picture of me in the militia with the holding my gun, and I put his face on my head and I put I'm a militia <laughs> above <laughs> and I posted I'm a militia. <laughs> right. Ralphie. I'm helping, but yeah, because uh, yeah. I can make fun of myself. Like, yeah, it was retarded, you know. And, uh, but yeah. am I like this domestic terrorist, like they put out there? No, you know, I just kind of was like the wrong place at the wrong time, and uh, right. so I kind of got swept up into that. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry for the abrupt stop. Uh, we hit some technical difficulties during this part of the of the podcast. Uh, right now, um, what I could do is to show you the video of his uh, 
interview on Alex Jones on Infowars back in 2009. So it was a while ago. But it was it's an interesting story nonetheless, and I'll just end it on that video. So take care. I want to thank uh, Chris Sickles for coming on the show. And, um, yeah, man. All right, here's the bio of the individual we're about to interview for the next 30, 40 minutes or so. He's Pale Horse. His YouTube address is YouTube Ohio Militia, youtube.com forward slash Ohio Militia, former enlisted army and founder of this section of the Northern Ohio Militia near Cleveland, and they train. It goes on to say, uh, site got hacked a couple of days ago, but we still have some of his videos, he's saying. Now, let's go ahead and play a clip of Pale Horse. Here it is. It has nothing to do with the fact that we have a black president. I started my group several years ago before we had a black president when Bush was in office. They're trying to make it look as if all of a sudden uh, Obama's in office and now all of a sudden these militants are taking up arms. I mean, a year ago before Obama was in office, there was all this stuff on YouTube. There was all these MySpace pages. Alex Jones was still doing the same thing that he's doing. It's all been the same. I'm sure more people have woken up since then, but, you know, it's not the way that the media is portraying us. Later, we're going to play some of the actual newscast where they were demonizing him and uh, putting him up there, but not really letting him finish a coherent statement. Uh, that way they could just use the scary-sounding voice to intimidate people. And I would think out of the thousands of militia videos that are out there, they probably chose Pale Horse's video uh, because the voice changer he's using to protect his identity does make it sound scary. And that's meant to scare little old ladies and people uh, living in their inner-city uh, crime compounds. Well, let's go ahead and go to Pale Horse right now joining us live we were able to get him on the show because he contacted us. Uh, Mr. Pale Horse, uh, good to have you on with us. Thank you. Uh, this is an honor, definitely. Now, why are you not protecting your uh, voice uh, here on the radio? Well, really, you know, I, I get a lot of things on YouTube. Uh, oh, the government knows who you are. You know, why are you covering your face? Why are you disguising your voice? And really, it was more, you know, I know the FBI and whoever wants, if they want to know who I am, they know who I am. And it was more or less as, you know, just to give the video mystique. And clearly it worked because I ended up on, uh, you know, corporate news. So. Well, let me just be honest with you here out of the gates. I told my staff as soon as they saw this last Thursday when you emailed us, well, I'd seen it Tuesday and Wednesday on national television everywhere, but then I actually watched some of your videos even before to ascertain and really assess from my research who and what you are. And uh, then you contacted us, and I said, I need some more time to look into this. But either you were doing this to get attention, knowing that putting this mystique on it, as you call it, would make the media pick up on what you were saying because it was useful to them, or you are a Adam Gadon-type Fed or Foundation-hired person meant to make the militias look dangerous and fringe and bad. Uh I'm not here judging you. I'm not here saying you're a bad person. Uh, I'm just here to try to really, truly assess now talking to you here on air and having more time to look at what you do. I think this may be more of an art project and that you uh, did this to get attention, and that certainly worked. But we're going to try to ascertain that here today. But instead of me just talking at you, pale horse, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, about your militia and what you guys stand for. Well, basically, um, we're just a militia group like any other group. Um, I started in the Washington State Militia, and then upon moving back to Ohio, which is my native state, um, I began training with the Michigan Militia, and I just got real proactive in the movement. And, uh, you know, basically um, just started my own group eventually. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get the word out there and just train to protect my family. And, uh, you know, I, I think you have the the wrong idea of, you know, who I am, basically, um, you know, I, I didn't put the video up to get attention. I had no idea that, you know, it would be as big as it was, you know, 100,000 plus views and being all over the news and everything. I and, thought uh, you just said you wanted mystique. 
Well, yeah, I mean, the idea of the video was that mystique, but at the same time, I had no idea that it was going to go as far as it did, you know what I mean? I, I was just telling people to buy guns and uh, basically just prepare for what's to come, same as you do. What are your influences? Um, I am actually friends with Mark Cornicky. He's one of my big influences. I've read the book uh, Behold a Pale Horse by William Cooper. Let me and, ask you a question. Did you read the part in there about about holograms and, and, and the aliens filming Jesus in a hologram and flying submarines in the Bilderberg Group, meeting yeah, yeah. in the Arctic Circle in submarines? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've heard all the you know the shape shifting reptilians. No, 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 no. you're not listening stuff. to me. I, no, I'm, I'm seeing, a, I'm seeing. Have you actually read that book? Tell, tell yeah. me about that book. Um, basically, it talks about how he was in the Navy at one point, and uh, you know, he's seen spaceships come out of the ocean, and uh, I mean, he covers so many different things in there. Okay, did, did does it talk about aliens sacrificing Jesus in holograms? Yes, yes, it does. Okay, so you read the book. All right. Just making sure there. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to... I'm, listen, you may be a nice guy. And talking to you now, I'm not saying you're bad. And we all learn. We all try. We all grow. And so I'm just asking you this question. When you saw yourself on national television, on ABC and Fox and everywhere else, why do you think out of all the militia videos out there, they chose you? I would say because the fact that my face is covered and because the scary voice modulator that I had on there, because it's kind of saying, you know, this could be anybody. This could be your neighbor. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it's easy to point the finger at a guy with no face rather than, you know, a specific person. Does that okay. make sense? Okay. L listen, I want to hold you for a while. I want to give you a chance to give us your perspective. I'm not here attacking you, Pale Horse. Why did you choose the name Pale Horse? You know, Pale Horse is death. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I want to say death to the NWO and uh, death to the Illuminati. So that, that is my message. Um, my former name was Hobbs. You know, I just, I just liked the name, and uh, it really had nothing to do with, you know, being the enemy of, of mankind or anything like that. I didn't think that. I, I, I was asking, and, and I figured that was what you would say. I, I'm just really here trying to learn, Pale Horse. There in uh, Ohio, uh, how many videos have you made? How long have you been making videos? Um, I've been posting them on YouTube for the past year. Um, I believe the first one I put up was in October, and uh, then it just kind of snowballed from there. So I, I hadn't actually put out a video in quite some time, you know, due to being busy in my daily life. But, uh, you know, once seeing myself on the news, then I felt that I had to put, you know, a response to that which you've seen and you have posted on your site. Absolutely. I mean, you notice when we posted your video, we didn't make a judgment. We said, no. here's what Pale Horse has to say. It's just right. here on air, I'm trying to flesh this out. I'm not making a judgment of you. I'm telling you, we said either this is a guy who wanted to get his message out and knew this would be spooky and it would, which you're saying is the case, and I tend to believe you, or this is ADL, Southern Poverty Law Center, or actual federal government, because the lighting... The way you have your your lieutenant behind you, him wearing the gas mask, this is exactly how the feds would do it. I mean, this is this is directly with the proven fake Al Qaeda videos and Adam Gadon and all of these. This is directly out of central casting what you did. So you are a talented guy. Uh, the way you did this, you know, with your again, you look like a bad guy from a James Bond publication. Uh, from a James Bond movie, my issue is I've always told the militia, you're constitutional, you're wonderful, you're the salt of the earth, we should be mainline and run for sheriff and have it be shooting enthusiast clubs so any group that's hiding and secret and telling you to sneak around in the bushes with them, though, is going to be filled with feds and they're going to try to provocateur you and plant pipe bombs on you. And so... In, in, in my experience, guys that show up at city council in camo, uh, and because I've gone and tracked these people, and I actually, one time to find out about them, infiltrated a few of the groups like, oh, they'd be happy to have Alex Jones in them. I went as a true patriot and infiltrated and found out there were feds in these. So I was like, whoa.
So I have actually gone a decade ago, 12 years ago, and done research. I found one real militia group in Central Texas. The others were commanded by feds. Okay, so I want to warn anybody that gets involved with these militias that you're going to be there with feds or foreign mercenaries or Mossad agents who are going to be trying to get you to carry out acts of terrorism.